What if you could say an all-in yes to yourself for 2022? What if you could commit fully to the things you said you were going to do, to the vision that you have, and to be in the room with a mentor who will hold you accountable, cast an even wider vision for you, and give you the strategy, tools, tactics, and support to ensure that these things come to fruition. Welcome to the iconic experience. Oh, just like comes out of me from the depths of my soul, this program, if I can even call it that. It's just not. That's why it's called the iconic experience. It is an experience. And it is one of the biggest gifts I've ever put out into the world. You are going to be part of a mastermind, a high level executive roundtable of perfectly welcomed in and invited in souls who will collaborate with you and network with you and stretch you and share ideas and all the goodness that comes out of a mastermind is so extraordinary. So you're going to have that every month. You're going to have group Voxer. So that mastermind stays active and you can drop in and ask questions and really share with one another and build deep, meaningful relationships. And on top of that, I thought, what could I do to expand this beyond something that I've seen out there in this world? And that is you have a full iconic experience by welcoming yourself into the rooms of everything I launch live in 2022. So you do not need to contemplate whether you should or do I want to invest. You get to sit back and receive for the entire year as the result of a single yes to yourself. One yes gets you a mastermind for the entire year full of really wicked women, group Voxer with these same women and myself, and you walk in the room for all the live coaching programs that I launch in 2022. You're just in. You're in the room. So this is really for the woman who is ready to lead, lead herself, lead her business, lead her life. And if this sounds like, ooh, it's a prayer I've been asking for, and I just want to say yes to something and just enjoy the experience versus looking constantly for the next thing, the next answer, the next coach, oh, the confusion, the chaos, the energy that is expended through that. Welcome to the iconic experience. You can come into the DMs tell me you're interested, ask the questions. I am so excited to answer them and to get to know you and see if this is a fit for you. Welcome to the best year of your life in 2022. And I'm telling you right now, the iconic experience is going to be like the rocket that's going to take you to the whole new level, the one that you've been asking for. Think about this. Everybody has faith in something. You have faith in the pilot when you step on a plane for takeoff. You know, people have faith in fear. Because faith is believing in something that you don't see yet. A lot of people have fear faith. Like, oh, I believe it so much. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. When we think about, oh, I'm, a, I'm spiritual or I'm a woman of faith. Okay, what do you have faith in? What, who, what spirit is in you? There are different spirits, you know? And in the Bible, one of, my, one of the scriptures I speak over is, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. And so spirituality this beautiful journey that every human being gets to develop. And it's not a matter of if you're spiritual, it's what spirit is in you. 
Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist. And after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in and enjoy. As we open up this incredible series on spirituality with depth and meaning and thought leaders, we start with someone who became a fast friend. Jessica Shakir is here, friends. She is a faith and beauty coach. Oh, she's just an incredible human being. And she has provoked some things in me that really brought forth this conversation. We shared the stage on Clubhouse when we met and the way she proclaimed her faith, her love of God and her love of Jesus, and did it in such a confident, beautiful way, stirred something in me. And we sort of had a conversation offline talking about my feelings around this and what it felt like to hear you stand in that. And so to bring this conversation onto the podcast is so important because it's important that we understand one another. It's also important to cultivate a level of spirituality, whatever that means to you. So friends, this is not about bringing forth a belief system that I believe may fit or may not fit. It's about creating conversation, understanding, and leading with love. And that's what how I see Jessica lead. Wow. So Jessica, welcome to this podcast. Wow. You are an incredible human. This is a treat. Jen, thank you. To say I am honored, I mean, in every sense of the word, I am honored when we share the stage on Clubhouse. I was so inspired by you and what you were sharing. And as we were talking, I went on, hey, let me check her out. Went on Instagram, checked you out. And then to have the conversation we did after, to be here right now, I'm thinking, thank you, Lord. This feels so aligned and I'm excited for the conversation. Me too. Thank you. And I'd love for the friends listening in to go right now and go check you out. Where could people find you? Yeah, you can go on over to Insta on, well, I met Jessica Shakir Beauty, like Shakira without the A, Jessica Shakir Beauty. And you can also check out my website, thebeautifulmindacademy.com. And I have a four-week course, Yes Lord, the Yes Lord Collective. You can check that out at yeslordcollective.com. Helping you give God your yes. <laughs> I love it. Now I'm going to trust they're going to go over and follow you and learn through you because you really show up so authentically. And I need to just honor you and thank you for that because in the world of the online space, it's very easy for us, especially as fempreneurs, to want to fit in and blend in or copy something that we see that's being done really well. I see you as such an individual. And so I just want to honor that and thank you for that. How did you get to this space? Wow. I have chills all over. As you were saying that, most people that know me now don't know the backstory. And I have been a hair and makeup artist for 24 years. For a good portion of that 24 years, I was working in entertainment, television with celebrities. You know, I started when I was 16. I just turned 40. And when I was 18, I did my first magazine cover as a hair and makeup artist. So I just really have been blessed in in that way and been able to travel the world with my makeup bag. And as you were sharing that, 
I thought, man, all the times that I have been behind the camera and I still am. And I love being behind the camera. I love pampering the women. You know, we have men to jump in the makeup chair and I do male grooming as well. Primarily though, with women, I love serving and beautifying women, you know, and now I do it in a spiritual way and emotional, mentally. And I still do makeup, but when you were talking, I just remembered all the times that I was behind, behind the camera watching another woman share her story or speak to the globe. And she would come back to me afterwards, or she would start in the green room with me, and then she'd go out in front of the whole world. And my goal was to comfort, love, and encourage, not just with awesome makeup, because I'm pretty good at it, but encourage <laughs> with a word of life, a word of faith. That's where I learned that it only works when we're authentic. Life ministry, business, TV shows, you're only sustained when you're able to allow yourself to be yourself. It's a moment where I was working with a celebrity client, TV host, and we just did live TV and it was really good. I was really proud of her. It was a big deal, this particular program. And I went back to the room and I saw her crying while on Twitter, the hate that was coming at her broke her spirit and she was crying. And I went over there and I went to her I said, you know what, friend? It's like you don't want to let their praise go to your head. Don't let their critique go to your heart. Guard your spirit. You did beautifully today. And that came up in this conversation because sometimes we open up our heart too much and allow just strangers' words to affect our heart too much instead of knowing why you were created, who you were created by, and what you were created for. And so that was part of how I got here, Jen. Wow. (laughs) It's like those divine appointments. And I see that story as you being a divine appointment for her and her for you. You both mirrored to each other what you needed in that moment. So Jessica, I want to dive like really deep with you, if you don't mind, because yeah, let's do it. I feel drawn to it. So I'm just Mm going to, I'm going to do that. And before we started recording, I shared something with you that has been on my heart has been stirring in me for the longest time. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit of the backstory for me to create this conversation. So I have a deep faith and I'm so grateful that I was raised in a family. Actually, my both my parents, their parents were ministers. So we were very involved in the church. As I've grown, that has become more of a spiritual practice versus being attached to a specific religion. That feels really good for me. However, I haven't necessarily spoken about this outwardly as much as I feel I could. And a lot of that hesitation has been, my heart feels so strongly that it wants to see people and understand people and be so inclusive. And talking about my practice, the fact that I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and the practices and the teachings of Jesus, that has felt to me like I'm creating some exclusivity that I'm now siloing myself and maybe even the audience. And that has scared me a little bit because that would not be what I would want to do. And so I would love for you to even coach me through this. I know I'm not alone in that. People are feeling like, oh, I don't want to say God, or I don't want to say this because if I do, I may offend somebody, but yet I feel like I'm offending myself quite often and I'm offending Mm -hmm. the very spirit and practice and love that I believe in. So it's an interesting polarity. So how would you coach somebody through that? 
first of all, I have been there in that conversation of feeling divided, honestly. Feeling, Lord, I love you with all my heart. Jesus, you're my best friend and mentor. I want to live my life like you lived your life. I want to love people like you love people. But yet, at one point, I was walking into rooms, kind of checking my faith at the door or thinking that I had to. Who was making me? Who was telling me that? So first of all, I get that. There are moments when that creeps up still in me where I think, okay, put your filter on. You don't want to offend anybody. And when I think about that, I'm like, okay, Lord, there's a part of me that will always remain graceful and tactful. That is my heart. But yet, does that have to interfere with who I am, who I am fully alive? Those two can coincide. Growing up in the entertainment industry, Jen, I mean, come on, what do you think about (laughs) not wanting to offend people and wanting to keep a job for crying out loud, you know? I just had to get to the place where you mentioned the word authenticity, and that's really an important word. That's one of my pillars for my brand from the way I live life. And authentic isn't just telling you what I feel in the moment. Authentic is accurate, on the mark. It's truth. Authentic is like an authentic dollar bill. It's not fake. So if I walk into a conversation or a room and I leave my faith at the door, I'm not fully alive. I'm not fully jazzed. And if I do that to myself, how am I going to invite other women to be their authentic self if they believe totally differently than I am? So by doing by example, and I've been reading a little bit more about in you know centuries past how the teaching, even in the Jewish faith with rabbis, the teaching of the Torah and the lessons were passed down by discipleship. You were with them. You hung out with them. You watched them do life. So it was in you. You weren't just reading it from a page or overhearing it, or they weren't telling you a secondhand story. As an apprentice to a rabbi, and the rabbi chose the apprentice back then, you were learning by just being there and soaking it all up so that you can go and live the same way and think similar thoughts and you could be trained up as an apprentice. Well, that's how I want to live my life. That's how I have been living my life with Jesus. Lord, I want to walk with you and be so close to you so that I can learn from you so that I can go into any arena, any land I put my foot on, any industry, and I could be free to be me. And that includes, I love you. And it got to the point, Jen, honestly, that I talked to the Lord a lot about this. I was 12 when I realized I wanted to be a makeup artist. I had a lot of people in church tell me, now that's not a good industry to get into. And I thought, but that's what's in my heart. That's what God is leading me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful I didn't listen to their voice. I only, well, my goal was, and I inevitably listened to the voice of God. So to pull it all together, I got tired of feeling divided. There's a quote, desperation is a fuel for change. And when I saw other people living fully alive and being fully them, whoever they were, it inspired me. If I'm allowing my friend to share this story and I'm laughing and I'm asking questions and it's totally different from my lifestyle, then wouldn't he be able to accept that about me? I have to say, when I was working at uh, VH1 and MTV and New York City Live TV, one of my favorite compliments from non-Christian, from people that knew I was a Christian and they knew I loved Jesus and they would joke about it, but I was the one they came to for prayer. So Mm -hmm. I knew they respected me. But one of my favorite compliments was, you're the most non-judgmental Christian I've ever met. And I didn't dim my light 
I was shining bright like the shirt, like my sleeves right now, you know? (laughs) But they knew that I loved them. They heard it. They felt it. They knew it. I always mindfully started with, I want to build this relationship. I want to let them know I love them. I'm going to be me in that relationship building. People would ask me questions. Hey, if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the answer. And it was a journey, Jen. It was, it was a journey. And I'll tell you what, getting married four years ago to the love of my life, it empowered me to be more free in who I am. And he loves Jesus as well. And there was a big shift in my life four years ago when I got married. What I'm sensing and what I'm hearing through you is by being authentic and being who you are, I love the term fully alive and stepping into that and, and allowing people to see you that has been inclusive because people know what they're going to get. They also feel that there's a steadiness about you because of that confidence in who you are Mm -hmm. and that it's not a this or that, that your spiritual practice is based on love, which is what Jesus teaches. So I feel you on that. And that's what people felt through you. Absolutely. Hey, 2020 challenged every single human being within cancel culture, just really breaking away from social media at times and talking to the Lord again and saying, God, I want to stand on truth. And I, I've already promised that I would. I want to know this and live it. And I want people to know I love them. Can I do both? Absolutely. So it's a journey. You know, I, I read a quote by Brian Simmons. Actually, he did the passion translation of the Bible that I'm in love with. And he said, spiritual growth is a lesson on learning how to love. Ooh. Spiritual growth is a lesson on learning how to love. For me, what I found to be true is the word of God. You know, before I love people well, to be able to sustain that loving others well, because that's a pouring out. I have to pour in. I have to be loved. I have to know I'm loved. I have to love myself. It isn't even enough to know that God loves me because I, I know a lot of Christians who know in their head, it's logic. They read the words on the page. God loves me, but they're challenged and they're in this journey of trying to break off self-hate. So to love, to know God loves you, then to love who you are as an act of worship, even before you get to that point, you have to love God because can we really trust and believe someone if we don't have a deep love for them? Wow. You know, so I want my love to translate, to turn into trust. Mm. God, I love you enough that I trust you. Yeah. So what is spirituality? We all have spirits. You know, there's a quote, we're not physical being, wait, what is that quote? It's not in front of me. It's we're physical spiritual. beings having a spiritual. Yeah, <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the point, the point of that quote is we are spiritual beings. We have a spirit and everyone has a spiritual formation. Think about this. Everybody has faith in something. You have faith in the pilot when you step on a plane for takeoff. You know, people have faith in fear because faith is believing in something that you don't see yet. A lot of people have fear faith, like, oh, I believe it so much. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. When we think about, oh, I'm, a, I'm spiritual or I'm a woman of faith. Okay. What do you have faith in? What spirit is in you? There are different spirits, you know, and in the Bible, one of my, one of the scriptures that I speak over is for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Spirituality this beautiful journey that every human being gets to develop. And it's not a matter of if you're spiritual, it's what spirit is in you. And so for me, it's the spirit of God in me, the living God. 
everyone has a spiritual formation. Demons have had a spiritual formation. Where are you going? Who is shaping your spiritual formation? Words are really important to me when I hear people say, I want to encourage, I want to inspire. I'm like, yeah, girl, I'm behind you. What are you encouraging us to do? What are you inspiring us to do? And sometimes Mm. people don't know that. Or I want to be a leader. I want to lead. Great. Where are you taking me? You have to know where. You want to know where you have to know the, the origin of where did I come from? Why am I here on earth? What is my purpose on life? Authenticity is being accurate on the mark, you know, truthful, building your life on truth and not just, you know, there are a couple of things that are, are trendy in social media, which like living your truth. I know this is kind of a, a controversial one. I think that living your truth, even repeating that over and over again can bring confusion Truth, the capital T, does not change. Truth was true 2,000 years ago. It'll be true, you know, two years from now. It was true for Moses. It's true for me. It'll be true for my grandkids. Two plus two is always four. I mean, I'm talking about absolute truth, right? And when people say, oh, my truth, I, what I say is my story, my journey, what's been true for me, because if I say, oh, my truth, my truth, my truth, I can get into a state of confusion, like believing that just because something happened to me, that is truth and it won't change. Actually, the truth is that I have been made in the image of God and God is good and he's truthful. That is beauty. God is beautiful. Can I just share something really quick? I'm geeking out on the story of Genesis and I had been in the book of Genesis for, well, a couple of years, but especially the months leading into, I just got to preach on Mother's Day at my church. We talked about, let's go back to the garden. When I look at how the world was created, you know, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then day one, let there be light. And there was light. That was day one. But do you know the moon and the sun weren't created until day four? That means the light in day one was the light of God, the light of God just covering just dispelling, pushing back darkness. The beauty and the power and the light of God was what brought disorder into order, what brought chaos into cosmos. And we can't flourish until there's order. Day one, God brought order by his light covering everything. And from that place, everything was created. When I think about who I am and who made me, I go back to the beginning and it helps me trust him more. It helps me know who I am. A question that my mentor brought to my attention, Dr. Alicia Britt she's incredible. She said, is God center of your life or is he first? And when I hear things, Jen, you might be like me, you're a brilliant little cookie. I challenge things a lot. Like, hmm. well, what's the difference? Can you do both? Can you be both? You know, I think I'm just kind of like thinking about it. And then she began to talk, <laughs> blew my mind. And I tell the creation story in this question because it fits perfectly into our conversation. So women, for those of you out there who are thinking, I love God, I love Jesus, but why is it so hard for me to just be free to be me? If it slips out in conversation, great. Why can't I do that? Perhaps we're thinking of it just ever so slightly just shifted because God is center. He's center. My other mentor and friend, Dr. Brian Chan, who wrote a book on biblical beauty called The Purple Curtain, I recommend it. Genesis 1.1 reads, in the beginning, the source of everything was not an inanimate force, a metaphysical phenomenon, nor a theoretical concept, but a single personal individual 
with an intellect and desires. Everything created by God would exist in relation to him. Reality was meant to be personal. The universe was always going to be a question of how it and everything in it related to him, related to God. So the truth is God is the center of the universe. Is he center in your life? Because if he's first, if he's just a checklist, if he's at the top of your checklist, guess what? When I walk into a room, I could, I could take my checklist and leave it at the door. But if I walk into a room knowing and believing he is the center of my being, when I breathe, when I breathe and when I come back, it's God, the breath of God in me, the spirit of God in me. I can't leave the center of my heart at the door. So that was a really big shift, Jen. Wow. Is God center or is he first in my life? And that'll change how we do life. You ever heard that before? No. And that just changed everything for me because I would suggest, well, I'm just going to own it, that he would be the top of my checklist and part of my practice in a day, but am I living each moment as though I'm embodied through him and in him? That's the shift because I think we take ourselves out of doing things or controlling things, gripping life. And it's like this level of surrender into trust, protection, love, grace, understanding, forgiveness. All the things in which I see the world, these are all the things the world seems to be craving. When I look at the world, I think forgiveness, like, aren't we all at some level just have this tight grip on some people or a situation or even ourselves that we haven't given full forgiveness? And then it's like, well, how do you do that? I don't always know how to do that well, but when I go into that space and realize it's not even necessarily my job, I can just surrender that, lay that down. That feels really good to me. Mm-hmm. This is really beautiful. This is really beautiful and very profound. And I'm I'm wondering if there are people listening to Jessica right now who are like hanging on your words, but this is foreign to them, new to them, something they've resisted in their life. And I wonder how you feel, I love your opinion on this, about calling God different names. What's your opinion on that to make him available to someone who, you know, they hear the word God and maybe they had a, an experience and with someone who calls themselves religious or a church. Yeah. They think about the different names for God right now. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of different names for God in the Bible. Yahweh, Jehovah, El Shaddai. But I, I get the question that you're, that you're asking. And I feel impressed to right now, just if you've been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt by a Christian, whether you're a Christian, whether you don't know anything about Jesus, whether you have a different religion and tradition and upbringing and ideology. I just feel led, Jen, to say, if you've been hurt by someone who claims to know Jesus on behalf of them, I'm sorry. I just want you to hear those words. I'm sorry for that hurt that caused you. And as Christ followers, as fallible human beings, it's not if we mess up, it's when. It's when we mess up. God is infallible. He can't mess up. He doesn't mess up. And he loves you and he made you on purpose for a purpose. And so, Jen, when I hear people in, because I have friends from all over. I lived in Tokyo, Japan for almost a year. You know, it's a primarily a Buddhist country, less than 2% Christian. I've lived in New York City for over three years. The melting pot, you know, beautiful people from all over. I've lived in Hawaii for eight years, kind of another melting pot. I have friends from all over the world and I love, love, love it. And so 
when me personally, knowing who Jesus is and knowing that even Jesus, he would ask people, who do you say I am? I think on your journey of finding God, don't exclude that question. Who is Jesus to me? Whether you know of him or not, it's part of the journey of your spiritual growth. You you need to get to a place where, okay, well, who do I say Jesus is? Don't neglect that. Don't dodge it or think it's uh, not important. So when I hear people say a higher power, the universe, I accept where they're at. I say a little prayer in my heart that they find Jesus because heck yeah, when you find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you're like telling everybody. Even when I find a good deal on a shirt, I mean, you complimented me on the shirt. This shirt was $5 at Forever 21. I love to tell people, you know? <laughs> right. Yes. Of course, I want to tell people the lover of their soul who can set them free and make them new. Yet when I hear people say just any other word for God, I like to ask questions, not preach at them. Sometimes I feel led to say something, but like you, you're brilliant asking questions. I just want to interject. I love talking with you. You have this very beautiful, welcoming spirit that I just feel I've known you forever and I can tell you anything right now. So there's something really precious about you and I can see why you're doing what you're doing. So like you, friend, I like to ask questions. I like to learn about people. Jesus liked to ask questions. Do you want to be healed? Who do you say I am? What do you want? God knew questions help direct our mind and the way our brilliant machine of a mind and, and our brain works. When we ask a question, our brain goes to find the answer. When people ask the right question, do they get the right answer? Mm. That's what Jesus did. Even I'm watching The Chosen multiple times. I've watched that. And he loved to hear the stories of people before he shared anything. Most of the time he was like, tell me, tell me your story. I want to be more like Jesus in that way. And that's been a journey, friend. I mean, at times I've been so passionate and I want to tell people about Jesus and I want to tell people the freedom that I've had because I lived a good portion of my life feeling trapped and in pain and insecurity, losing my daddy at a young age having to quit dance, wearing a back brace for scoliosis with metal around my neck, having a speech impediment when I was younger and being made fun of all the time. And as so many people tell me, you should just shut up. Why are you talking? You talk funny. Girl, that stayed with me until college. It wasn't broken off of me until college and I still have to push through. And so I know what it's like to feel trapped, to feel imprisoned, to not feel fully alive. And now that I am like the woman at the well, one encounter with Jesus, I'm going to go tell everybody. <laughs> oh, the devil can't shut me up now. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I loved your answer to that. And thank you for seeing my question because I think I'm still dancing. I'm noticing while I'm asking you, I'm still in that dance of wanting to be inclusive, want to make sure I'm including everybody and yeah. not, yeah. So it's really, this is really quite like an opening for me. So I'm really, I'm grateful for this space too. Thank you. I love to shift this into business because this is like one of your sweet spots. And so I'm wondering if you could cast a vision. So let's assume, because I don't know how somebody couldn't be provoked, inspired through this conversation and they start saying, okay, you know what? I am going to like seek out my faith a little deeper. I am going to step into this and do some discovery and ask some questions. So I'm going to assume that's happening for you, friends listening in. What could be a really beautiful way of bringing this into their businesses that they're growing. Yeah. Woo, I love this. Well, you know, we've heard, know your five pillars that you're building your brand on. 
And that helps you with decision making to align with the pillars and incorporate the truth that Jesus taught. Incorporate truth. There's a lot of times where I will speak biblical truth without quoting the biblical reference. You know, I, I worked with Eminem and Dr. Dre back in the day doing grooming. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. Eminem was saying that he had hurt his knee and he couldn't run. And it was a two-day shoe and we got to be pretty close. It was a really awesome experience. And I said, oh my gosh, well, you know what? I just declare that you will be able to run and not grow weary. I pray healing for you. And I didn't even think I said, I pray healing for you. I just speak healing over that. May you continue to run and not grow weary. Well, that's, that's scripture. But I didn't say Eminem in the gospel of John, you know, <laughs> but for me, I know who I was and I know what I have to give. And even before I walked into that studio, what I do, I, I try to make a habit of this as a makeup artist. And now in a different way as a, a coach and a teacher and a speaker, but as a makeup artist, I would hold out my hands and say, God, anoint the work of my hands. May I do your work today? Just simple. Your question, how can we begin to incorporate spiritual truth and who Jesus is and that new life that we have and this call because we have been called to lead and to promote human flourishing. Ladies, it is not just for men. In the beginning in the garden, God blessed them with love and said, be fruitful, multiply and subdue the earth. We are called to be under the authority of God, to take our cues from God, but then to express leadership and authority over the earth too promote human flourishing, to do good, yeah. to love. So I think we can't always just go after the, my friend, Pastor Carrie Scott Garcia talks about, before we get into the behavior modification, we have to have a heart transformation. And I always teach it, it's being, focus on the being first, your soul, tend to the interior before you do anything. Because if we try to do, 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 and we don't change the heart, it might feel like you're striving. But if we can focus first on the being, having quiet time, resting, and then move into the doing, it'll be a huge, it'll be a world of difference. You'll feel aligned with truth. You'll feel authentic to who you are. And then you're capable of living fully alive. And let me tell you, that's very attractive to your people you're trying to, yes. to invite in, who you're trying to bring into a program. You know, you have this incredible idea for business or a course or a movement. When you show up living fully alive, living what you're teaching, woo, that's magnetic. And then of course, there's strategies and all kinds of leadership principles, which Jen can teach you, which I love to teach you <laughs> well, that then we can refine the thing. Right. But being overdoing is a huge huge lesson for me that really shifted the way I show up in life. The heart posture. I often describe it as that, like our heart posture, where is it at? Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like this infusion. I think that's what I desire is this infusion of mm -hmm. being fully who I am and also allowing that impact to unfold through sales, through marketing, through leadership, yeah. all yeah. those things. Yeah, this is, this is good. What have you witnessed out there in the business world in terms of maybe some of the people you're coaching, mentoring, what have been some shifts for them or some things that they have done, maybe even like a tactical tip that someone could apply today to start that movement into being fully alive? Here's a question I want you guys to ask. Break away, have some quiet time, close your eyes and think, God, ah, what was on your mind when you were creating me? What was on your heart when you were creating me? 
even if you just close your eyes right now, and I'm going to speak that again, God, what was on your heart and in your mind when you were creating me? And don't overthink it. If something jumped into your mind right now, Jen, did something jump into your mind when I asked you that? It just made me weep. (laughs) Listen for that. That question is so pivotal. It can really bring you into a breakthrough, a new level of understanding of who you are and what you're capable of. For me, every time I ask that, Jen, there are a lot of things, but one of the first things that I hear God speak over me is, oh, daughter, you're a creative one. You're a creative one. You're joy. You're joyful. You know, Matthew 5, it says, let your light shine, let your light shine so that men can see your good works. It doesn't stop there. It's not a period. And then they can see and know your father in heaven. And so for women listening into our conversation that they want to merge their faith into what they're doing, you not only have permission, you're called to do it. There's a mandate on your life. Now you don't have to go cold turkey and shift everything and change everything. Talk with God through it. He'll lead you. Ask him, what is that next right step that can move me forward into a deeper level of freedom, into a deeper level of realizing who I am, into a deeper level, God, of loving who I am? Because I know that when women get to that point where they stop fighting who they are, when they stop beating themselves up, when they start speaking negative narratives over their body and over their soul, when they get to the point where they're like, oh, God, I actually enjoy being me. Thank you for making me me. God beams with delight. He smiles. I get that vision every time. And so what was God thinking when he made you? And then here's this really beautiful part. I was walking through the airport during 2020 and it was so, you know, desolate, right? Tumbleweeds, (laughs) like not very many people one night coming home from a work trip. And there were a couple of people who walked by. I felt the Holy Spirit said, Jessica, ask that same question, but about them. Mm -hmm. And I thought, whoa, I said, Lord, that man with the hat over there in the jean jacket, what was on your heart when you created him? And I hadn't asked that before. I've prayed all my life, Lord, grow my love for humanity has been a big prayer. And living and working in New York City and Times Square, mm, that tested my patience, (laughs) y'all. But even when I was trying to make my way through the crowd, I'm thinking, "Mm, Lord, grow my love for humanity. And then I asked that question one night in the airport. I got teared up then as I almost did now. And I thought I should be asking that for my clients. Mm-hmm. for my future clients, for my nieces and nephews, for my husband, for my future children. Because when people feel loved, when they feel seen and known, you are in their trust. You've moved into this position to be able to serve them well. Oh gosh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Actually, friends, I'm going to challenge you to rewind a couple minutes there and, and re-listen to that, starting with the question Jessica asked you. Is like, what was he thinking when he created you and spending some time journaling, sitting quietly, allowing the answers to fall upon you because they're there. That was really beautiful, Jessica. Hmm. Really beautiful. There's something on my heart. I know some people, I know I get asked this a lot. And so I'm really curious about your response. So women in business who are of faith, who believe in God and Jesus, And they bring out a beautiful program or course or business. And then they look at me and say, but I don't know what to charge. Oh, yeah. To put upon it because so much fear, 
self-limiting beliefs, negativity, and some things like let's just own it that the church has ingrained in terms of money mindset comes up to the surface. How do you coach your clients through money mindset? Ooh, huge conversation. We (laughs) streamline this thought. God broke off the spirit of scarcity and poverty mindset over me in 2019 when I had a neck injury that just changed my life. It was my own personal 2020. Altogether, I was on bed rest for five months. It was an arduous journey. I tear up sometimes even thinking about it. And it was in that year that I thought, Lord, I can't just keep doing makeup all my life. My hands would shake because of the nerve damage. And and I thought, well, what am I going to do if I can't do makeup? And my husband said, baby, you love talking with women, coaching, speaking and writing and preaching. Do that now. I kept putting it off because it was my five-year plan. Oh, when I get better, I could do it then. So basically in that time of recovering from a neck injury, the trajectory of my life was shifted. And I knew that I was called to build a business. And I thought, how the heck? I've been a makeup artist for 24 years. I'm not that good with admin work. Well, first of all, I had to change the way I think. And then I knew if I need to learn something I don't know yet, I need help. I need a coach. So Mm -hmm. right smack dab in the middle of my finances being just, oh my gosh, I went and invested about $14,000 into a business coach for the year. What? (laughs) That was wild. That was wild. Did I pray over that? Uh, Yes. Did I feel led by the Holy Spirit to do it? Yeah. Shanda Sumter, little shout out, Shanda. And one of the reasons why I was drawn to her is she is a woman of faith. She loves Jesus. She reads the Bible every day. And yet she has a coaching program that is open to everyone. She invites everyone. She gives herself permission to be her. She gives every one of her clients permission to be them. So that was actually helping me as well. Now, until I invested the money in my own growth, I would have never have had the courage to charge anywhere near what I'm charging for my coaching program. I knew that even the act of wrapping my mind around, okay, I can make money. This is a renewable resource. My time is not my help. I can make more money. Lord, teach me how to manage my money and rule over my money so my money doesn't rule over me. And a good way to do that is tell your money where to go. You are going into my leadership. You're going into my spiritual formation. You are going to help me be all that I am so that 10 million years from now in heaven, this makes a difference. I invested all that money and I realized, wow, I have a renewed mind. I'm a changed person. I I know how to develop an online business. And I got so excited about that, Jen. I wanted to help other people do it too, especially other kingdom women, other women of faith who have this love of God, who want to share the love of God with people. Do that thing. You're built for this. God built a woman. He sculpted a man, but in the Hebrew, it says he built a woman. Women, you are built, built to build businesses, to build movements, mm. to build enterprises, to build families. We birth nations. We birth men. You know, women are built for this. We got this. In short, I mean, it took me putting my money where my mouth was and investing in my own leadership. And you know what? The coaching programs that I've developed. And all the women all over the world that I've been able to pour into, that money has come back to me multiple times. It took that to break off the spirit of scarcity. I think that's often just what it comes down to is this scarcity mindset and that we're taking from someone. You know, if I succeed, I'm taking money from the next person subconsciously. I don't believe we honestly think that consciously. 
but this realization that everything is abundant. His love is abundant. Resources are abundant. All these things are available to us. And I had the exact same experience, Jess, where I invested in my first coach and thought I couldn't fathom that this actually happens in the world, but yet knew I needed to invest. And because I did that, I was able to turn around and realize the exchange that happens as a result. I wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. Yeah. And you know, we all hear this people who pay, pay attention. Jen, how many times have you offered something incredible for free? And people say, Oh, I had a headache or I got home late. Mm -hmm. Hey, they pay attention. And we are called to rule over our money, not have money rule over us. So tell it where to go. Give, be generous. Shanda always says that lead with generosity, tie it to your church, pour out to other people who who are in need, and then invest in your leadership. You're Mm -hmm. worth it. Oh, I could go on and on and on with you, but I feel like that was like the cherry on top. You just, that was, there you go. <laughs> and uh, I see you coming back as a, as a guest, a returning guest for sure. Cause there's just so much to unpack oh, here. I would love that and be honored. Oh, you're so thoughtful. And yet at the same time, it's so natural and fluid for you. I think that's just mm. kind of an awe of watching you just speak with thought, but it's coming right from the heart, the soul. So thank you for that. So I end every podcast with a question. I'm really excited to end it with you. How are you going to be iconic today, Jess? Well, right after our interview, I have the honor of pouring into one of my mentors. I get to share with her what God has shown me. And in doing that, I'm multiplying. I'm sharing my gifts. I'm sharing my knowledge. She's going to go, she's going to add to it and grow it and, and put it into the world. That's a part of be fruitful and multiply from the beginning. So I'm going to be iconic by being obedient to what the Lord has called me to do. That's so good. Go out, friends, share your gifts and be fruitful. I'll just commit to that today. That's beautiful. Oh, Jessica, tell them one more time, just in case they miss the forefront where they can find you. Yes. I'd love to stay connected. Join me on Insta at Jessica Shakir Beauty, and that's S-H-A-K-I-R, and my website, The Beautiful Mind Academy. It's a membership. I have a free membership, y'all. Then my course is yeslordcollective.com. Okay. Well, I think you're going to have some fast friends. Come on over there. I want to thank you for your time. I know we went a bit longer today, but I guess we were called to do that. So thank you for that. Thank you for letting me be me. And thank you, Jen, for being you and for being fully alive. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing. And allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together, they all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there, make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know 
I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you. And I just want you to make it a great day.